Thanks for downloading this podcast from the Magpie Anthology. We're back with Louise and Ben from Rouse Limited, and we're talking money. And today, something for everyone. Literally, we have five things that everyone can do to simplify or think about their financial situation. Louise, let's start with you. What's number one? The number one uh, that we'll talk about today is having an emergency fund, having some money put aside that's specifically for if something goes wrong. Now, this is always something we consider as financial planners, and we tend to look for between sort of six months, six to 12 months worth of expenditure. And it's always important to have that in a place where it is accessible and it's as safe as it possibly can be. So we're talking about having in in cash. That could be in a a bank account or more likely a savings account rather than a current account, just to keep it at arm's length from transactions going in and out. Or something like the national savings and investments, premium bonds, which are backed by the government. So money somewhere that you can access quickly and easily and you know it's there for a rainy day in case you need it. Lou's absolutely right on that and I think you know sometimes people feel well I don't, I don't know what my six months or 12 months expenditure is um, the easiest way to do that is you know you should know what you're earning hopefully and uh, if you work out what your take home is if, if you haven't got anything left over then you're spending all of it <laughs> um, it, you know so from that perspective if you work out what you would earn in 12 months and that's what you should try and seek to build up six months to start off with so if you're earning you know 25,000 a year uh, or 20,000 a year after tax then you should try and have a pot of between 10 and 20,000 set aside in cash so that you know when things do go wrong which inevitably they do at points uh, you, you know you don't have to then resort to high cost borrowing okay so uh, an emergency fund is number one number two Number two is knowing what your income and expenditure is. So this doesn't necessarily have to be to the penny, but as Ben touched on earlier, knowing what's coming in and what's going out and whether what's coming in is covering what's going out. Are you accumulating money? Is it building up? Have you got a little bit of savings? Can you put money aside? Or are you having to do some additional borrowing on top of what's coming in? So um, for everyone, there is no right or wrong answer. Uh, It's better to know your position because then you're in a position of power with that than not knowing what's going on. There's an easy way and a hard way to do this. The hard way is to sit down with all your receipts, work out what every single bit of expenditure is. The easy way is to get a bottle of wine, the last credit card statement, or maybe two or three, last bank statement, um, have a look through what did I spend on this, what did I spend on that. And there are also some actually some very good apps where uh, you can import your credit card statements into your bank statements as well. And uh, they'll sort of naturally sort things between grocery shopping, you know, travel, that kind of stuff. So you don't need to do it for the whole year if you did it for three months which is probably two bottles of wine rather than one you could then you know times that by four there you go that's your anticipated start like with all financial planning the 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 key thing after that is to review it and actually just by writing it down once even if you do a, a month or three months you'll suddenly start questioning why you're paying things so if there are direct debits there standing orders there you might be have subscriptions. I've got a, a great gym subscription which hasn't worked at all. <laughs> been play, paying for two years, haven't been yet. Um, uh, but it just makes me feel better. So that's that's my own hang up. But no, so so you'll see things on those statements which you can automatically start saving money on. Okay, number two then. Know your income and your expenditure. Lou, what's number three? Number three, uh, we're going to get a bit morbid now. So uh, we're going to talk about dying or becoming seriously ill. So it's inevitable that we're all going to die. We need to make some preparations 
for that and for the potential that we could become seriously ill. So number three is to look at making a will and to also look at making lasting power of attorneys for your health and for your financial circumstances. So we talk about making a will first. So if you don't make a will, there are certain rules around what happens to your estate and it could mean that it doesn't go to the personal people that you wish it to go to. It could depend on whether you're married, whether you have any brothers and sisters, whether you have parents alive or children alive. So by making a will, you can really express where you want your money to go and it's a way of making sure that that happens. Not just money, obviously other things that you might own and things that are sentimental to you that you want to pass on. So making a will is very, very important. The other thing, it makes it it slightly quicker when you die and your uh, beneficiaries come to to sort out your estate. If you don't make a will, it can take a long time for your estate to be settled. So it can make it quicker and easier as well for your beneficiaries. So Ben, when people come and see you, what percentage of people don't have a will and what percentage of people don't have an up-to-date will? I would say probably about 75% of people either don't have a will at all or it, it hasn't been looked at for many, many years. One of the things I would also say is that, you know, a lot of people uh, say, well, I can do this myself. I can do my LPAs online with the government's uh, website. I can do my will from a, you know, a bought will pack or whatever. Uh, for heaven's sake, you know, these are things which will control your entire life and your entire savings that you've made during your life. So actually getting some decent advice, again, where you're protected. So if, you, if, you know, if, if the lawyer makes a mistake, that's their problem. If you make a mistake, it's your problem. Do go and see a solicitor to get a will and an LPA done. It won't cost you a fortune compared with what could go wrong if you don't get it right. Tell us what an LPA is. So lasting powers of attorney, these are essential really, more for young people than old people. I think the average age that uh, people take lasting powers of attorney out is actually age 85. But the reality is that it's, it's a document which helps you to have your affairs managed in the way you would want them managed, as the way you would have done it yourself. So of course, if you are unfortunate enough to go through a medical situation where you know, you're unable to manage your own affairs when you're quite young, um, maybe a stroke or uh, early onset uh, dementia or something like that. So there's a lot of tragic uh, situations out there. To have a lasting power of attorney in place means that from a financial perspective, someone can look after you quickly and efficiently. And from a physical perspective, they can talk to your medical practitioners and actually assist in how you would want to be treated. Without these documents, you're down basically to the courts and uh, somebody or a group of people that you've never met. Now, we're not saying the courts do a bad job, but it's got to be easier to have the right people looking after you from day one for the sake of spending a few pounds now and getting them in place. Okay, so number three, make your will or lasting power of attorney. Lou, what's number four? Number four is to check your state pension forecast. Now, this is quite simple to do these days with the government gateway, which is an online system that you can log into and register for to see your tax status and see your state pension forecast. It's really important to check because mistakes can happen and also rules can change. So you may have thought that you had achieved a full state pension and then the rules change and actually the requirement is different. You don't have to check it every day, but once in a while, maybe once a year, have a login, see if your details are correct and also just have an idea of what you could be expecting in retirement. You'll find that the figures will change because the state pension amount changes every year goes up with inflation. It doesn't necessarily mean you're you're getting more and more, it's just, just changing with how inflation's changing. But um, knowing your position as well, 
being a position of power, again, with your state pension, you know what to expect from that. And therefore, all of your other planning fits around that. Okay, so check your state pension. That's number four. And finally, what do you have for us? Number five is something that everyone should be aware of all of the time, and that is scams. So where money is concerned, there will always be people looking to take advantage of other people. So there's so many different types of scams out there in our industry that you really need to be aware of. So ask yourself, is this too good to be true? Does it sound too good to be true? Does this sit right with me? How do I feel about it? Ask other people that you know, that you trust, does this sound right to you if you're worried about anything? So yeah, just a general awareness of scammers and scams that are out there. There's loads and loads of different things that could happen. The interception of information or people could be out there actually targeting certain people with certain scams. So when we talk about scams, we're all very aware of emails that we shouldn't click on and cyber scamming and all that kind of thing. When I go and see a person in an office, I might be thinking, well, this whole industry is regulated now. This person isn't going to scam me. Is that right? Is that safe? That's a difficult one. (laughs) Um, So I think that that most helpful answer to that is that if you are going to see a financial advisor or financial planner, you can check on the FCA uh, website to check if they are actually a registered financial advisor or financial planner through the financial conduct authority so you can put their name in you can put their firm's name in um, and you'll be able to check whether they are actually registered so that would be my first point of call if you know if if you really don't have any other option as in you know having a referral or knowing that this person has dealt with somebody that you trust and and, and are aware of but i think i would always check just to make sure they are registered first I think the other thing that um, you should always be aware of when you enter into any sort of financial discussion, and I, I try and make my own clients very clear of this, if we're giving advice on something specific, maybe it might be pension planning or inheritance tax planning, I always start from the fact of saying to them, look, I'm going to go through this with you and we'll, we'll discuss the options for you. In the end, I don't want you to do it if you don't feel completely comfortable because you know that this is not the aim. The aim is not to make you feel uncomfortable. The aim is to make you feel secure. So I would always have that. Hopefully, you wouldn't have pressure from a professional advisor to do something that you didn't feel comfortable with doing. But if you have any inkling you don't want to do it, then don't do it and have a rest. Maybe get a second opinion from another advisor, that person you trust. Take that person along to the the first advisor if you want to do that. But please don't ever feel pressured into doing anything that you're not 100% happy doing. Okay, in our next podcast, we're talking about what really happens when you visit an advisor for the first time and the kind of things that you should be asking about and what you should expect. That's in our next MagPod when we'll be back with Louise Hunt and Ben Rouse from Rouse Limited.